0: Want to be a part of the conversation? Then let us know on the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at TNTradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. The conversation continues with Brian McLean and Steve Hook at State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
1: On into Hour 2, State of the Nation right here on today's News Talk with Steve Hook and myself, Brian McLean we are live from new jersey and central texas respectively visit us on the web at tntradio.live we have an interactive chat room over there we have a calendar of events all the episodes links to the mobile app everything you need the embed uh, embedded video player it's all right there at today's news talks website steve um you know i gotta bring this up because uh i think something has been swept under the rug here so Um, This is uh, another political cover up at Biden's DOJ Biden Department of Justice uh, recently caught trying to sweep crimes committed by the president's son under the rug. Let's not forget um also sidestepping politically embarrassing prosecutions so um, what happened on the friday before new year's when doj lawyers informed a federal judge they would not continue prosecuting convicted fraudster sam bankman freed of conspiring to fund millions of dollars in political donations to the democratic party and its candidates in december Of 2022, a federal grand jury returned indictments on several counts, several counts against the Democratic mega donor and Massachusetts Institute of Technology graduate Bankman Freed. In addition to conspiracy to commit wire fraud, wire fraud, commodities fraud, uh, securities fraud, and also conspiracy to commit money laundering. Also charged with conspiracy to defraud the federal election commission and commit campaign finance violations. And guess what? Guess what? (laughs) The Friday before New Year's Day, President Joe Biden's DOJ announced it was dropping the second trial. Steve, I'm guessing you know exactly what's going on with that.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, once upon a time we used to use the expression, well, they showed a little ankle there, kind of showed you who they really are. Now they're just so blatantly saying we are corrupt as hell. We know the media cartel is going to back us up. We've got Hollywood. We've got academia. We control the social levers that that move the zeitgeist in the in the uh, civil society. Shut up, plebes. Sit down. We're committing fraud in front of your face and laughing about it. That's what they're doing. This whole show is, is has has been a, an example of that. This entire first hour was an example of how we're being uh, just completely sold out, sold down the river. Whether it's open borders. Whether it's Epstein's, uh, uh, Kitty Island, whatever it is, the corruption is rank. Uh, you know, something rotten in Denmark. Uh, let's just put it that way. It's really, really bad, man. And they don't want they don't want to go to a second trial because they don't want any more discovery and they don't want their betters to be found out about. I guess. Yeah, it's crazy.
1: It's real simple. It's real simple here where did the money end up all right where did all those FTX transactions go because it's pretty apparent from what's been released publicly thus far that much of this went to Ukraine uh, as cash and then was transferred into FTX digital currency and shipped back to the Democratic National Committee that is amazing it's exactly and let me just read this last line from from this article here a public airing of Bankman-Fried's campaign violations could shame more politicians and their fundraising arms into returning donations from Bankman-Fried and his co-conspirators. Bankman-Fried gave $22 million to Democrats in 2022 alone. All that money should be returned to the people he defrauded. It's alleged that Bankman-Fried laundered another $100 million in client funds, mostly to Democratic candidates and entities. I mean, and you know,
2: Asher, to that point, this tells you just how rife the corruption is. People say, oh, it's a uniparty. Yeah, okay, we we get that. The globalist elites, we get all that. But let's really focus here on the Democratic Party, because they're the ones that SBK uh, or SBF gave most of his money to. And it wasn't his money to give, as you just pointed out. He defrauded people out of it. And not a single one of these Democrat politicians... Uh, are standing up saying, you know what? I feel bad about this. Somebody was screwed out of a lot of money. I'm going to give this money back. Oh no, that won't ever cross their lips. Just shut up, make this case go away. Somebody get uh, Merrick Garland on the phone right away. And, uh, and here we have it. It's a brand new slate for a brand new year. uh, And uh, we'll look to chalk up some more corruption along the way. I'm sure. Yes,
1: the public should be allowed to know who benefited from these conspiracy charges. Are you not enjoying you. listening to? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you enjoying listening to today's news talk? Do you think we're doing a good job? Please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review, a comment, anything like that over on Facebook, Gab, Gitter, X.com, all over the place. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's news talk
0: keeping the commitment
3: 24 7. I come to you for fact I really appreciate what you and your team do today's
0: news talk radio TNT
1: Missouri governor Mike Parson has signed an executive order banning China and other foreign adversaries from owning agricultural land within 10 miles of critical military facilities in the state maybe that'll uh, make for less chinese spy balloons who knows here with the story joining us once again is tnt radio news producer adam clark so ruckus um i noticed uh florida did something similar to this and texas has looked at doing this as well
4: uh what's going on with it in missouri Maybe it's a Republican thing. I don't know. Mr. Parson is a Republican. Uh, He actually held a press conference uh, just earlier this week, January 2nd, to announce his executive order, which bans any citizen, resident or business from countries designated as foreign adversaries from owning or buying agricultural land within a 10 mile radius of all military facilities in Missouri. Under the executive order, uh, nations classified as foreign adversaries, adversaries include Cuba, Iran, North Korea, Russia, the Maduro regime in Venezuela. Anybody else I'm missing? Oh, yeah, China. Mr. Parsons said, quote, with no legislation approved the last couple of years and the coming political year, our administration wants to make sure we have something on the books to safeguard Missouri's security interests with the authority we do have as governor. End quote. We Maybe he's got multiple personality disorder. The executive order grants the Missouri Department of Agriculture, MDA, more oversight over proposed land purchases, and the agency's director can approve or deny a land deal. Mr. Parsons said he was limited by what he could do under the state law. Uh, He said, quote, this is as far as an executive authority goes under the current law of the state. Believe me, if I had the authority, we wouldn't just be talking about banning farmland, but all commercial properties by foreign adversaries, regardless of rural or urban. Because a commercial building in our urban area in the hands of adversaries poses just as much, if not more, of a threat to our security interest." Been a rural farm. End quote. Lieutenant government, sorry, Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe, also a Republican, said it was important to protect Missouri from threats posed by the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. In a statement, Mr. Kehoe said, quote, I applaud, I I applaud Governor Mike Parson for taking this critical step forward to protect Missourians, our military assets and critical infrastructure against China and other foreign adversaries, all while respecting our strong relationships with international allies and economic partners, end quote. Uh, he went on to say that. Quote, China is our nation's most hostile foreign adversary, and Missouri cannot allow individuals and companies associated with the Chinese Communist Party to buy and exploit Missouri land, end quote. It's kind of unclear to me, actually, whether or not he means that the Chinese Communist Party or China is um, – well, actually, I guess he did say that they're the nation's most hostile – uh, not just necessarily for Missouri, um, but it's weird the way they worded this is that they're trying to protect protect their state. And I'm um, just like, since when do states have their own individual foreign adversaries and in international relationships? But times have changed. Um, now, of course, this executive order is facing some criticism. And not necessarily in the places and for the reasons you think, uh, Senator Bill Igel who's also a Republican, happened to be running for Missouri governor, so of course he's going to be critical, but he said that Mr. Parson is, quote, doing too little, too late, end quote. At least that's what he said on a post on X, also formerly known as Twitter, um, and uh, not that it matters because Mr. Parson cannot seek re-election due to term limits, so uh, I would suppose, just taking a wild guess here, he's doing it because he cares. He's not trying to secure votes for another election, but um You guys mentioned, Brian, you mentioned a couple other states that have been doing this. I was unaware of that. Uh, So um, maybe this is a trend uh, and we'll see more of this moving forward. But what do you think?
1: Yeah. Next thing you know, they're going to be asking for ID to vote. I mean, oh, who could imagine wow. how how awful is that? Um, although on the other hand, now that uh, ruckus has moved states, we do see a little bit of difficulty obtaining new IDs sometimes. So we'll give them just a little bit of leeway there on that one due <laughs> to the red tape and bureaucracy here in the United States. But, um, you know, I, I got to ask, like, uh, would we need governors to be doing things like this if we didn't have the open border i mean are 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 we talking about chinese businessmen that are here uh doing legal lawful uh real estate purchases perhaps i guess in many cases probably yes but how well vetted are those people is there a process there what is that process as an american you and i would like to know and, and you know also i'm wondering uh ruckus can can i go to china and buy farmland there i mean let's let's say i get a wild hair and i decide uh, i want to set up a cannabis farm or a um i don't know a chemistry lab where i make precursors for fentanyl or something just hypothetically <laughs> can i go to china and start that business can i buy land to start that business maybe within a couple miles of one of their military bases just asking for a friend
4: i'm guessing nowhere near their military bases but yeah yeah
2: i'm guessing nowhere near near anything uh i i just you know china is i we just talked about these people crossing the border all wearing almost identical backpacks it's almost (laughs) like they're thumbing their nose at us. oh and by the way not only are we sending thousands of them across your border or at least hundreds we know we're also buying up your farmland in the interior because your administration is doing nothing and they're weak. And now, like to your point, Asher, why do other state? why do states have to do it? Because the administration is weak and they know that. And they're being, we're being played by every, I swear, man, I I don't know what kind of dossier Beijing has on uh, on Biden. Uh, I don't know how it could be much worse than the, than the Hunter laptop, but man, you know, they've got dirt on him. Because uh, one one day they're flying spy balloons over the entire contiguous United States. The next minute, they're sending armies across our southern border while they're buying up our farmland. You you can't make it up. It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it it almost it it almost feels like yet again, one of my catchphrases, some sort of ritual humiliation for America to endure. Uh, (laughs) Ruckus, what else? What else do we need to know about this?
4: let's see what's at stake here, gentlemen. Uh, Missouri is actually home to several misil- uh, military facilities, if I can say oh. it correctly, uh, including Whiteman Air Force Base, eh, which may sound like ah, yeah, everybody's got Air Force Base as well. This one, ladies and gentlemen, happens to host the nuclear-capable B-2 Spirit Stealth Bombers. Well, that's probably not good. Uh, others in Missouri include Fort Leonard Wood Army Base, Rosecrans Air National Guard base and a total of 65 Missouri National Guard armories and training sites. Uh, And let's see, uh, since we're keeping score here, let's look at some other numbers. Oh, check this out, guys. Uh, As of 2021, just looking at China here, Chinese entities owned 42,596 acres of Missouri agricultural land, accounting for under half of the roughly 100,000 acres owned by all foreign entities, according to the MDA. Uh, and then um, he, he, he Parson had mentioned that he wished he could do more. What's the more that he could possibly do? Well, somebody asked him a question about the decision to implement his ban within a 10-mile radius, rather than applying it to the entire state. And he said, quote, I don't have the authority to do that. End quote. So I think that's what he meant by saying, hey, if I hadn't if it was within my power, he would basically just kick him out of the entire state, I'm guessing. Yeah, well, land rights are an important fight here in the United States, so I can understand how
1: it's a bit of a slippery slope and you may not be able to make a broad sweeping, um, you know, uh, legislation like that, because, you know, who knows, uh, four years later, 10, 20 years later. The, uh, the demographic may switch, the politics may switch, and then, you know, you've got a state that has too much power over U.S. land rights. But, I mean, we're talking about foreign nationals, foreign adversaries. So, yeah, I could see how this would be difficult to legislate, yet worth legislating and doing what they can. Uh, it seems like we're all kind of plugging the holes in the levee at this point with regards to yeah. this and so many other topics, Steve.
2: Yeah, it's it it does seem that way, and it seems that way because I think that it is that way. I mean, you know, it, basically the entire nation is being is being played uh, by the Cloward and Piven rules. Just screw up everything, <laughs> and then it gives us free reign to say we've got to fix everything. Uh, that's all I can make of it. It's it's pretty damn embarrassing. Your national humiliation line is spot on there. Anyway, yeah, all right, ruckus. Yeah. That's great. Well, thank you, brother. We'll do it again tomorrow, I guess.
4: Sounds like a plan. I'll see you guys then.
2: All right, man. See you. (laughs) Okay. Well, listen, uh, you're listening and and watching uh, TNT and State of the Nation on TNT. We've got a great guest. Stick around coming up on today's News Talk. You should hear what Ross Cameron is talking about. I see there's a new trend taking place, sweeping uh, the Internet of what they're calling sort of technology naked walks, where you go for a walk without your iPhone, without uh, a headset, and just alone with your thoughts. Apparently, some people are finding it quite emotionally taxing, but subsequently liberating Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, I find if I get into a motor vehicle with a teenager, it's a matter of seconds
3: uh, before there is a request for uh, usually the latest uh, Taylor Swift song or some other form of electronic stimulus. We
2: are generation apparently trained uh, for a very short concentration span and a desperate need for um, digital company.
0: Ross Cameron on today's News Talk Radio TNT. God's truth
5: is enduringly true throughout all the generations. It transcends culture. The church is always going to be an embattled people. If it's swimming with the tide, it's not being the church of Jesus Christ. Look to the past, learn from the past, because the whole world lies in the power of the evil one.
6: Has more than 200 confirmed cases of coronavirus. It's called the entire state of California ordered to stay at home. That's 49.
4: California has some of the strictest policies leveled against churches. Gavin Newsom's executive order threatens jail time and a thousand dollar a day fine.
5: Government That's stopping people from going to church. Dr. Fauci, when I went into the White House, when I sat in on the task force meetings, was a shocking level of gross incompetence.
3: The mortality rate from the virus was 0.2 percent. You know, 99.8% survival, rather than the three or four percent mortality that the, the people are saying at the time. The
5: culture and the understanding of the people of Grace Church has always been: not only do you obey government, but you honor government. No no, 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 no. Thousands
4: of people in the streets, but you can't have church.
5: The
3: hypocrisy of letting people
7: riot it helped us all understand one thing: this is not what they say it is. By meeting, we're testifying the government has no jurisdiction here.
1: I was arrested
0: and driven to a maximum security prison.
7: The government has obviously
3: uh, turned up the heat on churches.
6: My Daddy.
3: When the churches fall silent, the only religion left is the state. We needed to make a biblical
0: statement because we always put ourselves under the authority of the word of God.
4: LA County threatened Pastor John MacArthur with jail time and arrest.
0: We were going to be sued. They wanted Grace Church
5: shut down.
4: We wanted to go on the offensive and attack the health order as unconstitutional. This wasn't about health and safety. This was all about control and opposition to religious freedom.
3: As the government gets more corrupt and more corrupt. Snitches get Rewards. It's totalitarian control has to increase
5: and you have to have a mask on
3: and as they shut down any attacks against them This is not about freedom or personal choice. The last thing standing is going to be the church How to,
0: how to hear today's news talk and the voice of freedom that's what this country's all about TNT radio
2: all right well, well uh, as we stare into the first few days here of the new year many economists do so with at least a little bit of apprehension maybe kind of a little bit uh, you, what are the markets today they're kind of up and down no doubt the president presidential election is going to be looming large over all of these questions we love to dive into the economy and uh, look at the uh, what, what 2024 holds for us Here's the, he's the author of Never Go Broke and the founder of Chapwood Investments and a friend of the show. And we're very happy always to welcome back to State of the Nation, Ed Botowski. Ed, hello, sir. How are you? Happy New Year to you. Happy New um, Year to both of you guys. Is it going to be a Happy New Year, Ed? I think that's the question yes. right now. You think so? Yes, it is. Yeah, I do. I, I believe the you have to separate the economy
7: from the stock market. So I do believe that the economy is going to grow Um, because interest rates are going to start to come lower to stimulate the economy. You know, you have to remember that interest rates went higher to combat inflation. And when they did that, they slowed the economy down. So now you're going to have lower interest rates. They're going to probably start to get cut around April, and that's going to stimulate the U.S. economy. And, you know, the the U.S. economy is very different than the stock market um, in that the stock market predicts things six to nine months ahead of earnings and economic data. So you're going to start seeing stock prices rise now in anticipation of a stronger world economy, not just the U.S. economy, but the world is going to look a lot better uh, six to nine months from now. That's good how news, much, Ed.
2: I was just going to ask real quick, if I might just interject, Ed, how much does this election play into this uh as far as how the economy goes and and for that matter the stock market i mean
7: yeah and and normally steve there's not a huge uh impact by whoever is in office but i do believe there's such a contradiction between how the biden administration is handling the economy and how a quote new trump or Republican uh, in the office would handle it because you have one that would increase regulation and increase taxes, which is Biden, and the other, which is the preferred method, which would be decrease in regulation and a decrease in taxes. You've always had an increase in tax revenue when you've cut tax rates, which sounds kind of kind of ridiculous, but it's, it's the truth. So How more people spend money. Yeah. And, and you've taken off the Um, you know, the blanket on the economy, and you've you've stimulated this engine that has a multiplier effect. So I do believe that whoever is elected, and we won't know that obviously till November, but is going to have a major impact towards the end of the year uh, on the economy.
1: Yeah. And and Ed, how does this affect uh, all of us when it comes to the things that people seem to be most worried about right now, which is food, fuel, cost of energy, you know, groceries, all all these things. I mean what 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 can we expect just out and about in town with our wallets and stuff?
7: Yeah, Brian, you bring up an interesting point because I, I don't think it's well known that inflation does not necessarily mean prices have come down if inflation comes down. Right. Inflation is just the change in prices in the cost of things or the increase in things. So if you had something that cost a dollar and then inflation made it cost a dollar ten and then inflation came down six percent, that doesn't mean the value of that came down. The value could have stayed at a dollar ten and only went up another six percent or another four percent, I should say. So The the cost of things don't necessarily go up and down with inflation. It's the rate of change. So you still have prices that are extraordinarily high. And even though inflation has come down, the rate of change has come down, not the prices of these items. Um, So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, up until November, you're going to continue to see a rise in the rate of change in prices of food and, you know, possibly oil uh, even though natural gas prices have come down 50% this last year, um, you're going to continue to see uh, a rise in most commodity prices.
2: Yeah. And a lot of that, I think a lot of that, especially when we're talking about energy, that kind of goes to your regulations point earlier, I think, Ed, doesn't it? Because I would yep. think that energy, the big energy providers in this nation, have got to be kind of saying, hey, we're killing it overseas. But and I guess, and they're producing more now than they have in a long time. That's true. But it's certainly not reflected in the gas pumps, and that's what people vote on. People don't give a rip that the inflation has come down if their if their own family budget is still wrecked by it. Doesn't make much of a damn difference, does it? <laughs> regulation can really screw this thing up, couldn't it?
7: And the and the regulation, people don't realize that the regulation on oil and gas trickles down, so everything that you buy, you know, when diesel prices are higher, that gets passed on to you, the the end consumer. So all the time, there's always a trickle down when the prices are, are being, you know, that are rising. Um, and as a result of that, you're paying more, uh, for items that you buy at the store because it costs more to get them there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm glad we've cleared that up a little bit because it's good news, but it doesn't necessarily equal your bread costing less, your cereal, your gas, anything like that. Now, Ed, I want to, I want to ask you about, um, this, this, uh, this executive order that the Biden administration has put out, they're calling it, uh, they've called him the most pro-union president ever, yet this EO uh, is making people question that tagline. But we have a headline we gotta take with today's news talk. So when we come back from our headline, we'll pick up right there. We're with Ed Batowski right here on State of the Nation at today's news talk.
3: Big news. We do have some big news.
0: TNT Radio News. For TNT,
4: this is James O'Neill.
5: Ukrainian authorities have detained four people for allegedly recording and sharing videos of Russian airstrikes
1: in the Kiev region. The latest home office data reveals a significant increase in the number of illegal immigrants from Turkey arriving in Britain via small boats across the English Channel. Newly unsealed court documents have cast former President Bill Clinton in a significant role concerning Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine
0: Maxwell. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 24-7, 365, we never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth, from government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's News Talk, this is TNT Radio.
1: So, Ed, on December 22nd, the Biden administration published a final rule that implements an executive order making federal construction contracts of $35 million or more, subject to controversial project labor agreements, or PLAs. And this final rule is the latest in a series of anti-competitive and inflationary Biden administration policies pushing these plas on hundreds of billions of dollars worth of federal and federally assisted construction projects uh what does this mean is this a gov- government overreach it looks like a pretty big one to me
7: well you know anytime you bring in unions it's inflationary so when you have a, you know the idea that there's a mandate where any project over 35 million and any, you, know, you can't think of many projects that are not, especially construction projects that are not over 35 million have to go to unions um, for competition. You know that you're paying a lot more. So unions are inflationary and people have to know that if you're supporting, you know, there's a place for unions, I'm sure, and there's reasons for them. Uh, I'm very anti-union. Uh, I believe they're anti-competition. And, and I do believe that this is, you know, kind of an overreach um, because he's not being a free market and it should go out to people who, you know, women and minorities should have a, a chance to compete for these as well. And you should get the best for the least amount of money. That's what the goal is. But that's not what this is doing. This uh, PLA uh, is, is really, really problematic, especially with the amount of money in the infrastructure uh, bill. That's going. That's been released. So you're going to have a lot of union jobs that are going to get very
2: wealthy because of this. Yeah, you know it, what? It what it's what it smacks to me of Ed. It, it it's it, it to me it looks like an absolute slap in the face to right to work states uh, and states that aren't necessarily don't embrace this. They can say this is oh this is great for the unions, but basically he's saying if you're not a union, need not apply. Kind of isn't it? Yeah, I mean that's exactly what they're saying and and they've cut
7: it off, you know, right at 35 million. Why that number? Why not 25 million or 45 million? I have no idea. Um but I'm sure Arbitrary.
4: That
7: Yeah, it's just, you know, whatever that number might be, it's 35 million. Uh maybe that's where the best best profits are uh for these companies. Uh but there's no question about it that this is anti-competitive and we live in a country where competition yields a better product and cheaper, and this is not going to yield that at all.
1: Yeah. Let me read you this, this section right here uh, from this article talking about it. Uh, You brought it up, but I'd like you to expand on this. Non-union firms employ a historically high 88.3% of the U.S. Uh, the construction industry workers who freely choose not to join a union. In other words, non-union contractors have built more than half of the federal government's large scale construction projects since 2009 and are more likely to be owned by women and minorities. So, you know, uh, one must ask, uh, is, is this basically a way to launder middle-class dollars, um, Mm. to, to the government? Uh, That's kind of what it feels like.
7: Yeah, well, I mean, that's a great point. I have a client named Eric Strickland, and um, and he is a minority, and he has a cement company, and he would not be able to compete for this business, even though he's worked his tail off. Uh, to, by the way, his name's Ken Strickland, in case he's listening. Uh, but uh, and he's worked his tail off to build a really profitable uh, concrete business and he would not be allowed to participate in this because he's not a union he's he's out there working his tail off and built a really successful business on his own um so you know here they're just rewarding those people who have agreed uh to be union and you know that doesn't mean the product is any better or any safer uh it's just rewarding people for for just deciding to become union workers and the right to work state um, you know, I don't even know if Texas, because that's where I live, I don't even know if Texas is a right-to-work state. Um, I know that there's not a lot of unions here, so I imagine it is a right-to-work state. Um, but what are they going to do with states like Texas, where there's not a lot of union jobs, but there's a lot of money potentially coming here? Do they hold up those jobs and only allow them to go to unions?
2: You know, and I t- I, it, you know what? It, what it really, I mean, it really does seem like what they're saying is these big, high-end, high-dollar gigs that you guys are all clamoring for, you can only get them if you're in a union. And the union, they know damn good and well, Ed, and so do we all, that they're going to kick back a lot of those union fees to the DNC campaign coffers. That's what's going on here. This is all about I scratch your back, you scratch mine, and screw the little guy or the minority woman-owned companies. We don't need them anyway. We're talking about millions here, baby. I mean, that's what it looks like going on. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, there's enough
7: things out there these days where we, we think, oh my goodness, they could never do that. And they do it. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's pretty (laughs) unbelievable what, what this administration gets away with.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Here's another comment, uh, under this article that I thought was interesting. And I'd like to hear your response. Uh, ljxc says remember when eisenhower cautioned about the military industrial complex becoming a sub government that undermines the u.s we have the same problem with unions uh what do you think about that
7: well i agree um there's no question about it that you know unions are again anti-competition well this country was founded on competing and putting your best forward just like a professional athlete you know why why nowadays do you have professional athletes that are so much better than they were 20 years ago because they're competing and trying and, and and trying to do better all the time and that's the same idea that should be happening in business that i always tell my kids competition yields better results and cheaper um and they, they can't stand it when i say that but that's what i always believe and and when you take away the competition you're going to get mediocrity and, and who knows how well these projects are going to go. Uh, I believe they'll probably do a very good job. But but you're actually killing the person like uh, Ken Strickland, who's out there trying to compete and trying, you know, he would love to get a $35 million contract.
2: Well, good God. Well, with any luck at all, this will only, this will be flipped on its head uh, January of, uh, of 25. I mean, if we get a new president, because this is... Just it, 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 it's almost we were talking about it earlier today, and it's almost like we're just getting hit from every end. I mean, uh, with this administration, they get away with so much and the media and I never wonder, talk about this kind of stuff. And I wonder how
7: uh, President Biden is able to keep everything in his head straight. Um, you know, obviously, <laughs> I don't think it, he does. He, he doesn't. So he has all of these people who are bringing him things. And I can imagine he goes, oh, that sounds good. OK, oh, that sounds good. Sure. And and I'm sure he's just checking boxes, you know, with you know whatever somebody brings to him. I I can't imagine he's thinking this all through, and and thinking that this is what he wants his legacy to be.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. it's I don't think he's thinking. There's not a whole lot going on there. Definitely see a lot of signing of stuff. I remember one one clip in particular where it was like, what is this? What am I signing? Uh, That's kind of what I picture every time they put something down in front of him. Ed, we're just about out of time here. Uh, Your final thoughts in our last 30 seconds here.
7: Well, I just believe that the world economy is going to be fine and any negativity towards the world economy is misplaced. I think that most countries and most businesses want to compete and do better and earn money for their shareholders and do well for their countries. And I think 2024 is gonna be a really good year for most investing. All
1: right excellent glad to hear some good news as we launch into 2024 here ed butowski thank you for joining us and we will look forward to seeing you again here on state of the nation
0: real soon at today's news talk give me a minute with tnt radio's steve malzberg from the mrc's the worst of 2023 comes the winner of the praising and protecting old joe award this is euphoric presidential
1: historian michael beschloss on msnbc following joe biden's state of the union last february watch
3: i'm feeling great that was a wonderful speech uh he was didn't you think he was sort of mr smooth this guy has been in national politics for 50 years you don't don't always see the result of that but you sure saw it tonight he was elegant he was civilized he was conciliatory he was reasonable and and maybe most of all he, was, he, he sounded like a centrist, which is exactly mm-hmm. where he wants to be. He then
1: went on to rip Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders
2: for her rebuttal.
3: Governor Huckabee Sanders goes on and says, in two years, the Democrats have destroyed everything and, and woke mobs are running all over the country. I'm here in Washington, D.C. I'll I'll look out the window for you, uh, Stephanie and Ali. I don't see any woke mobs tonight. Of course, that
1: statement by Beschloss is absurd, as was his whole analysis. And that's why he won. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malzberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m.
0: Eastern Time, right here on TNT.
6: Right now, the forgotten poor are waiting for healing and care for life-saving medical care, for a chance to live with dignity and hope. They are waiting for Mercy Ships and you. Mercy Ships is the largest floating civilian hospital in the world with volunteer medical staff and crew who donate their time to save lives. And now, as our newest state-of-the-art hospital ship sets sail, Mercy Ships will double our ability to reach children and adults who need us now. Without the
3: work of Mercy Ships, these patients don't have another option.
6: Mercy Ships is answering the call to serve suffering people who have nowhere else to turn. Together, we are going to some of the world's most desperate places and bringing a wave of hope and healing to those who need it most. To learn more about this wave of hope, go to mercyships.org today.
0: Conversations about what matters the most. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Let's continue the talk about the illegal immigration
1: epidemic. The worst human trafficking rings known to modern America. The most egregious chemical warfare ever to have been wrought on America let's bring in the 24th chief of the u.s border patrol he's got three decades of career experience under both republican and democrat administrations he's someone with a successful track record of enforcing our nation's laws and securing our borders rodney scott joins us now mr scott welcome back to state of the nation we're into a new year it's an election year We're looking uh, over our shoulders into the rearview mirror at over 100,000 deaths of US citizens directly linked to the open border via fentanyl trafficking. What is the outlook now and where should we be focused with regards to the border in 2024 and the 2024 elections?
5: Well, thank you for having me on again. Not like this is any huge big topic uh, that we're dealing with today, right? So to answer your question, I think there's two perspectives. One is the short term. So the short term was really the appropriations process that the Congress is going through currently and what they can do to try to force the Biden administration. Let's be honest, it's forcing it's a It's forcing them to do something against their will uh, to slow down this massive illegal immigration and to actually secure the border. And again, I've talked before, but it's not just about immigration. That's cover for all the cartels activities. Long term, though. Uh, we really need to think about this. Everybody going to the ballot box in November needs to start thinking about, Do you, wh- what is a nation? Do you want border security? Do you simply, like your home, want to be able to decide who and what enters the country? What that is is a separate topic, but do you even want the ability to decide? And if you do, we need a new administration that actually cares about border security and wants to take it serious. Um, and if you don't, then you need to think about the long-term implications. That you're not going to have a nation because there's never been a nation that succeed that 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 was sustainable. If you cannot control the influx of people coming in and the different cultures and the beliefs, uh, you've got to be unified around something. So I think short-term, the appropriations process and short-term wins. But long-term, this administration is not going to give in. They're 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 not going to willingly secure the border. So we really need to have a new administration in 2025.
2: Yeah, hear, hear, from your lips to God's ears, Rodney. Good to see you again, sir, and a very happy new year to you. Um, you as well. Uh, so so here we are. We're looking at, you mentioned all the multiple different nationalities that are crossing the southern border. Um, it's, it's apparent, it's abundantly obvious to anyone paying attention, even folks not really paying attention, that this seems to be an intentional act of just uh, who gives a rip about sovereignty anymore. Um, it's and I think the nefarious nature of it is is and you kind of touched on it. It balkanizes the nation. It 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 dilutes what it means to be an American. It basically says that's not important anymore. So we're going to have uh you know a balkanized nation of just it, it it won't be a United States is what I'm saying. And I don't know why that is the the goal. I guess that's a globalist elitist thing of uh, open borders, but. Good God, most people don't agree with it. Um, I would like to think that something could be done. Well, let me ask you this. What do you think about the uh, House saying that Wednesday of next week, apparently, they're going to uh, file a motion uh, to start the impeachment process of Alejandro Mayorkas? Uh, I guess that's a good start, huh?
5: Yeah. If there's ever been a guy in the federal government that needs to be impeached or that deserves to be impeached, it is Alejandro Mayorkas. I think that's well worth it, the, the time and the investment. And But most importantly, I think it's to bring to light so the American public can see how he has basically completely undermined border security and it's his number one responsibility is to do border security. My worry though, let's be transparent and honest about this, you know, second, third level effects. Biden administration is much bigger than Alejandro Mayorkas. They're gonna find another puppet and just shove in there. The Senate will never ever prosecute him anyways as it currently sits. Um, So long-term, the impeachment isn't really, like whether he's impeached or not, isn't the, what I see is the benefit. I see the benefit is getting the facts out there so America can just see how devious these individuals are and how that guy smiles and says one thing to Congress, that little smirk he always has on his face, and then literally goes behind the scenes and does something completely and totally different. The results in those 100,000 deaths you talked about, 3.2 million illegal encounters last year, over almost 1.8 million documented gotaways, and hundreds, if not thousands, of miles of border being completely unpatrolled today, which is not necessary. Oh, and let us not forget this last week, they shut down legal ports of entry. That means yeah. they stopped legal commerce and legal trade and travel to facilitate illegal activity. Uh, i i think the guy needs to be impeached but i just don't know what it'll do we really need to get rid of the number one guy which is biden and get an administration and i honestly don't care if it's republican or democrat they just need to support the united states and support border security
1: yeah it's um it's it's an open goal for any candidate at this point point. and i think the more that we talk about it the more that you're out there talking about it and thank you for that by the way you know I i watch you in some of the hearings and You know, um, when I say it, it probably doesn't carry the same oomph as you do sitting there, you know, with your track record, your experience, you're a subject matter expert in this, and you've had success with this. What do you what do you think is driving the Biden administration and even previous administrations that were complicit in setting up the environment that has allowed this to happen? Is it is it geopolitics? Is it globalism? Like, What what do you think? Is, is it intelligence agencies, militaries? What, what's behind all this?
5: So that's, that is the million-dollar question, and I'll just give you again my firsthand experience. It's a little bit of all of the above. I'm not really big into all the conspiracy theories. The more I was in, in Washington, D.C., I just realized that you really can't get that many people to cooperate and get along. So I, I think there is an uh, like a good and evil aspect to everything going on in society today, the border being part of it, um, but follow the money. So, and follow the votes. So at the baseline, when you get into politics, uh, it doesn't seem to matter which party it is. When you get into chambers of commerce and businesses and and cheap labor, uh, there are people to blame on both sides of the aisle. And then really, the Latin, let's not forget this administration fought to keep the, the census, the US census count, counting every warm body in an area without regard to citizenship. A Trump administration tried to make it citizenship only. That preserves and or expands congressional seats in exactly. certain districts. So there are undermining issues. But with that said, I've met a bunch of people that are literally just utopian mindset individuals. They believe this whole global thing. They They don't really wanna admit that evil exists that bad people are out there and they've just kind of grown up sheltered. And that exists in this administration as well. The naive naive individuals I talked to were just as big of a threat to this country as those with nefarious uh, purposes that you could actually identify. Because it doesn't matter if you're naive or not. When you let criminals, terrorists uh, into your home, your entire family's at risk. And in this case, we're letting them into our national home and everybody's at risk.
2: Yeah. And, you know, these pie in the sky utopian types, you know, you're right. They don't see evil anywhere except Trump, except Trump and Trump supporters <laughs> and, and, yeah. and the white patriarchy and Christian uh, evangelicals and blah, blah, blah. They see plenty of evil uh, where it doesn't exist, but they uh, they don't seem well, to see it when it's crossing their border. What were you going to hey, say?
5: Let's touch. Can I touch on that real quick? I Sure. And this is just me. This is my theory after dealing with them, because I walked out of many a meeting with these people. Uh, don't forget, I spent a lot of time in California shaking my head trying to figure out like, what is going through their mind? Facts and evidence challenge their utopian beliefs. They don't align. So the reason they hate all those people and all those organizations you just stated is because they provide facts and evidence, I don't know, like gravity, for example, that you just can't (laughs) change. And that kind of screws up their whole worldview. And then they literally can't process things anymore. So they just take that out as hate against the things that... That don't align with with their made-up fantasy world yeah
2: yeah well that's 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 about as well as you can put it uh <laughs> yeah and and let let me just throw this a real quick uh
1: etymology of a word in here uh utopia literally means nowhere it is the word <laughs> that you could substitute it with oblivion and i think that really underlines uh the utopist viewpoint because what they're looking for is similar to if not in lockstep on purpose or accidentally with the world economic forum the davos crowd you know cfr and and all these ghoulish entities that want america to go away because it is in the way of their utopia which is oblivion
2: yeah that's unbelievable
5: sad but true
2: yeah it is sad but true let me ask you uh rodney real quick um what do you think is the big threat? We 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 were earlier today we were talking about this on the show about an hour ago. I mean, is as a, as a border former border uh, chief, are you more concerned with the perhaps fundamental terrorist groups that are crossing our border, which we know are gotaways, uh, and we know we've caught some of them on the border and and, and apprehended them, but God knows how many have gotten over. Or what about these state actors from China? Which one do you think offers the biggest threat to the safety of 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 the of the nation?
5: So I, I don't want to sound callous. I'm very concerned about terrorism and terrorist acts. However, the the scope of that is usually fairly limited. Let's just be honest. It kills a lot of people. And I'm not under I'm not I'm not trying to water that down. But it's those nation-state actors, and even even if it's not a systematic nation-state, it's literally the corrosive nature of the illegal immigration to the culture of our nation. It really threatens the ability of the nation to even continue to exist. So along with that, beyond just the individual bodies crossing the border, you brought up a good point. There are serious nation-state threats that they're scripting this. You know, the Biden administration likes to throw out there that, oh, this are the asylum seekers uh, trying to come to the United States for a better life. Blah, blah. Over 50, and this is stats you can get on CBP.gov, over 57% of the illegal aliens that Border Patrol and CBP encountered this last year were single adults. A ton of those, the vast majority of those were single adult males, fighting age males. the The influx from China has gone through the roof. You mentioned before that the countries officially i think it's about 170 different countries that cbp arrested people from but i was sitting in a briefing out in san diego recently where a sector chief said just their sector had processed people from over 100 different na- i'm sorry 180 different nations with over 200 different languages how do you create let, let's go back to the tower of babel i mean i don't want to get religious yeah. on on your viewers or anything but you know, when you, the reason that that entire story took place, that uh, literally all the languages were changed because you can't have a unified culture if no one even speaks the same language. All those threats together, whether it's a nation state pushing it, that to me is a bigger long-term threat to the stability of the United States. People that go into a ballot box potentially and voting that don't even understand how this country was was developed or what the principles of the Constitution are that's a bigger threat i think to the future of this nation than any individual terrorist attack could ever do unfortunately terrorist attacks bring us together more than they tear us apart all the other things we just talked about tear us apart
1: right (laughs) and and what we're seeing um is is here's a headline i wanted to throw your way drug war continues claiming lives in juarez vehicular homicides incidents stemming from botched drug deals and bar fights reported in el paso and in juarez this is sort of what i'm picturing when i'm listening to what you just said it's like it's not necessarily a catalyzing event in and of itself we still may see one for some other purpose or to bolster this purpose but uh, this is sort of the the, the slow creep. Like, what, what do you think about just the general state of, you know, on both sides of the border of, of this kind of, you know, violence increasing? These are huge numbers recorded in 2023. El Paso had 38 homicides in 23, which is a 65% increase.
5: I, I think it's a huge threat. And again, going back to the corrosive nature, back to the border. So a lot of people, again, we talk about the illegal immigration, they don't know or they fail to even stop and think about the fact that the cartels control everything that crosses that border. They've gotten better and better control over the years, but they've never had the level of control they have now before. Why do I say that? Because they use the illegal immigration as a tool of war, if you will. They get a they look north and they see how many border patrol agents, law enforcement around. They push enough agent, uh push enough aliens across to completely overwhelm law enforcement. And then they bring across the second wave. Well, that just actually fuels them, they get more and more money. But then think about it, society in general starts seeing a complete breakdown of the federal government's ability to enforce the rule of law. And whether this is Chicago, people ripping off Nordstrom's or shopping or whatever else and getting away with it, or a complete breakdown of the border, all of a sudden you can get on, the president can get on the news and say whatever he wants. But if all the illegal aliens that came in are getting on TikTok, Twitter, a face met book, whatever, or even just messaging apps and sending messages back home that the border is completely a disaster, that next wave comes. And that's what we've continued to see. And then that basically makes people that would normally follow the law go, what the heck? Think Here's a silly, yeah. silly analogy. But if you're at a rock concert or even a state uh, fair or something like that, and you're waiting in line and the whole thing's fenced in and you're waiting to go in, but you just see people pouring over the fences all around you, and then, literally, you see them interact with with the security guards inside, but they're allowed to stay after that. The guards just let them go. Why are you going to wait in line? And that corrosive yeah. nature right now is it a tidal wave? Uh, and I think it's getting worse and worse, and the violence comes along with it. People just get frustrated. People want fairness. It's just kind of yeah. ingrained in us. We want to know that the th- we want things around us to be fair, and there's nothing fair. About not enforcing the law and allowing this chaos to continue.
2: Well, that's exactly yeah. your point is absolutely spot on uh, because that's exactly what's happening in New York. Residents, New Yorkers, are starting to get really ticked off, and it it, it does it breaks down the civil services I and mean, it, it breaks everything down. And now, just to give you an example, Rodney, we were talking at the beginning of the of the week about a uh, a migrant train of about 18 8, or eight thousand. This morning, that number is up to 16 to 20,000 that are on their way here.
5: Yeah, if you had ever had any passing thought in your mind about, hey, I'd like to move to America, there's there's nothing to slow you down now. Literally anything that would have inhibited that or bounced out that decision-making process in the past, this administration has systematically taken off the table. And now they're suing Texas. Texas is trying to still actually enforce their borders. But every time they turn around, not only is the Biden administration not doing their job, they're actively trying to prevent the state from securing yes. its own borders. And that yes, message is seen Unbelievable. Worldwide. Unbelievable,
1: Mr. Scott. Mr. Scott, we're out of time. We got to let you go. Rodney Scott, thank you for joining us here on State of the Nation. We look forward to having you back again real soon. This is today's News Talk.